0: Welcome to the Student of Money Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Niemeyer. The mission of Student of Money is to connect listeners like you to a community of like-minded individuals to help you achieve your goals of financial freedom through entrepreneurship, investing, real estate, and personal development. This is episode 47. All right, guys, I wanted to get back to you again this week, and I wanted to talk about the four ways that we make money in real estate. Now, I've covered some of these topics in the past. Back in episode 31, I talked about cash flow investing versus investing for capital gains. I've talked about the five and 10 different ways that real estate's the best investment. But today I really want to cover the four different ways that you make money with real estate. And it's really important because real estate's probably only probably one of the few tools that has so many different ways that you make money the biggest one we talk about appreciation or investing for capital gains where you're basically buy low and sell high and my question to you is is are you really is the price really going up or is the US dollar really just depreciating in value so And if that's a scenario, then it's really just kind of a wash, right? So let's take, for instance, your personal residence, which for most people is their largest investment. And it's probably their only real estate investment. And yeah, real estate does go up. But I would argue that real estate's not going up. What's happening is the value of your dollar is actually going down. So are you really making money? Are you creating anything? Are you doing anything? You're not not really, right? So really, your buying power is just going down because of inflation. And therefore, everything is getting more expensive. So you could sell your house, right? But then you just have to turn around and buy another house to live in. And of course, the house you buy is going to be more expensive as well. So did you really gain anything? because you probably only have that one property, that one residence that's working for you. You really need to have multiple properties or investment properties, because the house you live in is not really an investment, because you're living in it, and it doesn't create cash flow. So, and you probably have a mortgage against it, and it's bad debt, because you have to pay it out of your pocket. So it doesn't create cash flow, It creates bad debt. You have to constantly put money into it. You can't depreciate it. So it doesn't meet the criteria that investment real estate does. So I'm going to make the argument that when you invest for capital gains, you're really not gaining anything because what's really happening is the value of your dollar is actually going down. That's why prices are going up. So this whole buy low, sell high is not really a good investment strategy because you're not creating anything, okay? But it's definitely out there, and people like to talk about it. And then, of course, what happens when you do have a capital gain event and you sell something? Let's just say you buy something low and you sell it high, which creates capital gains, whether it actually goes up in value or it's just inflation then what's the United States government make you do? You then have to pay taxes on that appreciation. So if that appreciation is just nothing but inflation, the government's making you pay taxes on that. So where you get kind of a double whammy there. So think about that for a minute. But the first one always is investing for capital gains or appreciation. The second one we always talk about is depreciation. And depreciation is that phantom expense that allows real estate investors to pay zero in property taxes. And that's what's awesome about it. So, with your personal residence, you can deduct your interest on your mortgage payment, but you can't depreciate your own personal residence. Investment property, residential real estate, you can invest it at you can depreciate it. I'm sorry. You can depreciate it at 27 and a half years and you can accelerate depreciation if you do improvements to the property or you can do a cost segregation study on an investment property and you can accelerate certain certain things like your cabinets, your carpet, your concrete, your landscaping, all of these things that are considered not structural. You can depreciate them much rap much more rapidly. So depreciation is a tool that we use, again, to pay zero in taxes. The third one is very important, and it's amortization or the use of leverage. And what is that? That is the mortgage that you can use to buy a piece of property. So what other investment can you go to the bank and get a loan to buy? If I was to go out and buy gold and silver, can I get a loan on that? No. If I was going to go out and buy crypto, can I get a loan on that? No. If I go out and I want to buy some Apple and Microsoft stock, can I get a loan on that? No. Why not? See, back in the 1920s, you could. You could go out and get leverage or get a loan and go buy stocks in the stock market. But that's part of the reason why we had the stock market crash of 1929. Because people were using leverage to buy these assets. And if you take a look at these non-regulated crypto securities, these hedge funds that are basically not just buying crypto for appreciation, but they're also getting leverage. They're using leverage to buy it. And they're failing because they over leveraged. Uh, and it wasn't the only factor on FTX. FTX but there was also they were using leverage in FTX so leverage is a double edged sword and it can take down can take down companies as well as build them up so you have to be careful when you do it but commercial real estate and residential apartment complexes real estate investment properties is one of the few things out there today that I can go to my banker and they will actually give me a loan against it and of course when you take out a loan that is debt, and that is tax-free money. So when I go out and do a refinance on an investment real estate, five, six, ten years down the line, and I go out and refinance it and get do more debt, and that's good debt because the tenants pay it back through their cash flow, that is tax-free money. So debt is tax-free money. In a way, it's tax-free income. Okay, it has to be paid back, but we don't pay it back out of our pockets. The cash flow of the property pays it back, which takes us into the fourth thing, cash flow. How many stocks out there and how many things can you get that creates monthly cash flow? Very few. Now, yes, stocks can have dividends but it's very low. And there's things out there like annuities that sometimes that create cash flow, which is actually an insurance product. So it's not really good cash flow and they're not good products. So real estate allows you to get cash flow. Two other things that might do it is if you author a book or if you are a musician and create music, you'll get money off of those assets as well. And every time they sell a book or every time they play your music on the radio, you're going to essentially get a dividend, a dividend off of that as well. So there are other assets out there, but typically they're intellectual property. Intellectual property do kick off dividends. So those are another asset that I really like and really like to invest in is intellectual property. The problem with a lot of intellectual property is, let's just take science, for example. We create something. We find out some new technology, say new, some new computer technology. What's the very first thing we do? We don't manufacture that here in the United States. We actually export that or take that over into another country and then develop it over there, build it over there. So the United States really doesn't develop anything anymore. What does the United States export? We actually export our dollar. Right. That's what the business the United States is in is we are a consumer. We buy goods and services from other countries. We pay for them in United States dollars. So we give that dollar to the Chinese or the Jap- Japanese or to a foreign country. We give them their our dollar and then they have to turn around and buy something from the United States. And we typically don't have much to buy. So what do they buy? They buy our bonds. The bond market, right? So all of these dollars are out there. So, you know, these are the things that we want to protect ourselves from. Actually, me being in the state of Iowa, agriculture is really the only thing that we still export. Corn, soybeans, things like that are one of the few things that we actually still export. Other than ag products, the majority of things that we export is basically the United States dollar. So, to recap on real estate, we invest in real estate for appreciation, which is technically capital gains. We appreciate for we invest for depreciation, which is how we make income and pay zero in taxes because we can offset it with depreciation. The third one is going to be amortization or the use of leverage on your investment real estate to be able to go out and buy Buy properties that are bigger than you, bigger than you can afford on yourself. And why do they do that? Why do banks loan you money? Because those investment properties create cash flow. And cash is king, guys. Cash is what sets you free. Cash is what buys your time back. And you don't have to sell the asset like you have to do with capital gains in order to make your profit. Because when you sell, you have to pay taxes. So we never wanna sell. We always wanna hold it for life if possible. And if we do sell, we're gonna do something like a 1031 tax-deferred exchange or a 721 exchange into another vehicle so that that transaction is completely tax-free. All right, that's it for this week. I'll see you right here next week on Student of Money.